Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Sexy Steve Barber, and joining me as my co-host is Delicious Dwayne Davis. Hey, everybody. <laughs> That's right. You weren't expecting that one, were you? Yeah, I was not expecting that. <laughs> See, we used to call you Double D. Now we call you Triple D. <laughs> so, um, but <clears throat> today is not really any specific topic, so we're just going to be basically talking about a lot of the news that's been happening mm-hmm. uh, to include another release. To, well, kind of a release, someone who... It was more of a they let their contract run out and they could not come to terms with any, um, yep. any they couldn't agree with anything. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't come to terms with any it couldn't come to agree with any terms. Yes, that right there. <laughs> um plus I didn't watch AEW last night when it was on, but all I saw on my Twitter feed for a little bit was oh my God, you should have been watching AEW, you idiot, because MJF just had this pipe bomb promo that everybody was talking about. Yeah, everybody was, I mean, it was, yeah, it was really good. It's not the type of promo you expect from him. No, it wasn't. And yeah, because I finally went back and I watched it uh, when I got home from work today. I had to tell my son, all right, you're getting off Red Dead Redemption. I'm watching this. You don't need, <laughs> you don't need to be playing that anyway. You're 11. Get off of it. Anyway, um, you know, but I watched that. And I was like, you know, I really hope it's a shoot, not a work. Mm-hmm. Because if it ends up being a work, I think a lot of people are going to be mad. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, it seemed like it was pretty heartfelt. And it kind of shows MJF. I mean, he was also the target of bullying. He was a target mm-hmm. of race, racist bullying. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, it seems like, he, you know, he definitely has a, a drive and a will to succeed. And, you know, in a lot of, he's got some anger kind of thrown at CM Punk and they, they did kind of turn that into it, but yeah, uh, it kind of seems at the same time, it's like, man, I mean, that's, uh, but I don't have any reason to doubt the first part of what he was saying. Yeah. I don't either. You know, so, um, and also there's some events happening around this area, uh, you know, wrestling events, one of which I just found out about today. And so I shared it on Facebook. And if you're on my Facebook, you'll see it. I might share it on Twitter too. <laughs> you know, uh, it's going to happen in Chillicothe and there's going to be a whole lot of wrestlers there, uh, like big name wrestlers, mm-hmm. including Virgil. Virgil's going to be there. Virgil. <laughs> I, just <can't. laughs> I just can't with him. <laughs> Virgil. Um, but you know what? I mean, he's lived off the name. He's like, eh. You know, but then again, he'll sneak in your picture and then say, "All right, that'll be fifty dollars." <laughs> yeah, that'll be fifty bucks because for the pic- it's like you photo bomb me, dude. It's like you can't <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and, and I guess he was doing that to people. It just yeah, I've it, seen that on Twitter that he'll <laughs> photo bomb people and then try to charge them for the picture, and it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not paying you for that. Does he actually have a job? I'm wondering. Um, I'm, I don't know. I haven't heard that he has one. Yeah, I mean, um, 
Maybe he was smart and stacked all of his money over the years. But how much money did he make? His height of his career, unfortunately, when he was Ted DiBiase's lackey. And yeah, but he he was NWO for a while, so I'm sure that they because uh, mm. WCW was throwing money everywhere then. No, so. they they were. Uh, <coughs> but hopefully, yeah, he hope- was able to get himself a good a good contract and make some good money while he was there. Yeah, because you know, even when he uh, turned against DiBiase, of course, we're all cheering for him. Yeah, and went in there and he, and he would wrestle. We're like, you know, he's really not that good of a wrestler. No, it's like no, <laughs> you know. But <clears throat> but everybody's cheering for him because I mean, he was the the ultimate underdog, and you yep. wanted to see him get to DiBiase his. And he, I mean, he made a name for himself because everybody knows who he is. I mean, to this day, everybody knows. You know, oh, Mike Jones. People- yeah, <laughs> people still know who he is, though. So. They do. He's Virgil. He's Vincent, which was, you know, the inside jokes and those. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. was he when he was with uh, the West Texas Rednecks? He was with them oh, for a little bit. Oh, Curly too. Bill? Was, it was Curly? that it? Yeah, yeah, Curly Bill. Okay, I don't know the inside joke on in that one. I don't either. Uh, now the West Texas Rednecks, you're going to have me singing <laughs> because, because you got to admit it's a catchy song. Yeah. I, I didn't care for it, <laughs> but it got stuck in your head. Oh and then yeah. It was like, Ugh. and then it actually started making it on country charts. And they had to stop it. Well, what was crazy was they, I don't know why they thought that was going to work because, you know, WCW was a Southern, you know, Southern territory. Yeah. Still, it didn't matter where they went, their roots were in the South. So you have a rap group versus a country group, and you're wanting to push the country group as the heel. <laughs> uh, your Southern audience is not going to go for that. No. Um, even with Master P, who Master P, wasn't he from New Orleans? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, so he would get kind of at least that local crowd. Yeah, the problem he, is... He, yeah, but then the problem was everybody with him had absolutely no talent. Yeah. Like he had he had a bunch of big guys with him that they'd put in the ring, but it was like, you guys are awful. Just be bodyguards or whatever he needs you to do. Yeah. Uh Master P, who was actually a really, really good businessman. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um and when they had Kurt Henning as part of that, I'm like, he's from Minnesota. Then you come to find out that Kurt Henning was a huge country fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. He loved country music. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, if you're Cause from- the re- yeah. Cause the rest of them fit. And then, yeah. you know, you got the Wyndham brothers, you had Bobby Duncan jr. And then Kurt Henning. And it's like, how One is Mr. Perfect? Is not yeah. like the others. How's Mr. Perfect fit into this? Yeah, you think he's from Minnesota. He should be like in Prince, Husker Du, and the replacements. And <laughs> you know, and the the speed metal group Power Mad. Ooh, there you go. There's a. Um, I've never heard of that one. Um, they weren't around that long, and, but as weird as they were in a movie, uh, it was a Nicolas Cage movie. I'm going to have to look it up because it was. Um. As soon as I see the name, um, <coughs> excuse it, me. It was an. It was a very strange movie. Um, but they played a, like basically like a bar band, 
uh, but you know, and they were playing like speed metal type music, but then mm-hmm. uh, the main people kind of walked in and they, hey, you know, and they, and they started playing like, uh, I, and actually, I don't think it was actually them playing the next part, but but they're playing like a dancey typey, like a waltz type. It, it was really, really odd. But they also gave away their their tape, um, their four song tape EP in is either Hit Parade or Circus. Hmm. Yeah, Circus Magazine. I, I remember those. Used to get those all the time. Yep. And let's see. Is it Wild at Heart? I think it, I think it's Wild at Heart. But let me. Let me, um, yep, Wild at Heart. I hadn't really? seen that one. That's one yeah. of the, that's one of the few Nick Cage movies I haven't seen. Um, well, if you just want to see the group Power Mad, they had, a, um, they put out one of the, like, if you want to call it a single, because, you know, metal bands back then, didn't they had videos, that they weren't necessarily singles, if that makes yeah. any sense. But they had a song called Terminator, and that song actually, because I ha- I had the tape, I didn't buy, I didn't get it for free out of the magazine, which everyone was was hawking it. I ended up buying it like from a, a like like I think it was a record bar, uh, like on a band trip somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, of course, it wasn't free, and I paid probably too much for it. But <laughs> uh, but that particular song, I actually wore it out. So, oh. um, <clears throat> but anyway, back to uh, back to wrestling. <laughs> so um before we really get started uh, i want to go ahead and give our contract and listening info if you haven't heard it already if you would like to email us it's, it's armchipping podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to join us on facebook or join our facebook group at facebook.com slash armchair booking podcast you find us, also find us on instagram at armchair booking you can find us on twitter at booking armchair you can find us on tiktok at armchair booking and you can find us on YouTube. Obviously, if you're watching this, you already know that. You can find us on just about any kind of audio streaming plat- platform there is for podcasts. And for right now, so right now, it's including iHeartRadio, even though it stops at um, at the Sid Holland episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Sid Holland was a great, great interview. So. Yeah, it really was a great interview. Yeah, um, but we do have more episodes after that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I haven't pulled the plug on iHeartRadio yet. I'm going to give it another shot with them to say, Hey, fix your stuff. But if not, yeah. I'm going to have to say, okay, we're done because it makes us look bad. Yeah. And last but not least, we are being host of a block talk radio. And you can also get our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast, where we have t-shirts, baby, baby shirts. We have baby onesies. We have notebooks. We have phone cases. We have coffee um, mugs. We also have like the, the travel mugs, which I, I have one, and it works out pretty good. Fat, I dropped it on my driveway the other day, mm-hmm. and a stainless steel, so no problem. Cool. Got a little little bit of a scratch, you know, from where it hit, you know, some gravel, but mm-hmm. uh, that was about it. So I mean, it still works great. And I mean, it, uh, you can get the face mask if you need one. You know, if you're going to a place that requires a mask, like the yep. VA. Uh, yeah, like the VA medical center where I got yelled at because I forgot to bring a mask with me, and someone, you need to have a mask, sir, and as I'm literally reaching out, getting a mask from somebody. Yeah. I'm like, really? You, you see me? Uh, hmm. yeah. <laughs> she didn't want to hear what was going through my mind because it wasn't very nice. Yeah. But I'm like, wasn't family I'm, friendly. <laughs> not very family friendly. Cause I mean, they, cause I, I, I really didn't have a mask. Cause I, you know, cause I actually asked for one and, and it was right when they opened up. And so she was bringing, 
Yeah. Another one was bringing in. Oh, you need to have a mask on, sir. I'm quite aware. I can read. Yeah. It's like, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working on this, you know, just go back to your office. And if you're the one going to be drawing my blood, you won't be. <laughs> but and she wasn't though. So yeah, I had labs yesterday. So, um, mm. but anyway, uh, have I gotten everything? I believe I have. Yeah, I believe so. All right. So first item of news. I'm surprised, but I'm not. Cesaro. Yeah, I'm. I'm not surprised. Um, I'm. I'm not surprised on WWE's part that they didn't try harder to keep him. Because they never, it's like they never knew what they had. Right. And like Vince McMahon was always like, you know, he was even on Steve Austin's podcast, like in the the early days of the podcast when it was yeah. first on WWE Network. And he was talking about that, uh, basically saying that, you know, in so many words that Cesaro didn't have what it took to be a star, that he was missing something. And it's like, no. He's not. It's like you obviously saw something in him or somebody in your organization did because you signed him away from Ring of Honor. So, mm -hmm. but I mean, he should have been a world champion mm -hmm. in WWE. I mean, he was there. How long was he there? Um, at, least, at least a decade, <laughs> if not longer. Uh, the first time I remember seeing him was at WrestleMania 30 when he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And that's when, you know, he picked up Big Show and just dumped him over the top rope like he was a sack of trash. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, who is this guy? And, you know, then, come, yeah. And, and it was within a year that. Yeah, Vince McMahon told Steve Austin that on his podcast. Yeah. I don't I don't see anything in it. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I mean, because the guy has everything. I mean, if you go for the aesthetics, he's definitely got the look. Mm -hmm. But that man's in-ring skills are phenomenal. I mean, yeah. he is, and he has been consistently phenomenal, regardless of what dumb thing that they gave him to do. I mean, because really, besides his tag team stuff, his single runs always involve something ridiculous. Yeah. Or j either ridiculous or we're just going to leave you floundering in the mid card and not do anything. I didn't get it. I mean, when when he was the bar with Sheamus, I liked it. Yeah. Team. Yeah. And then when Sheamus um, was gone for a bit and came back, all of a sudden they had him going against each other. And, and I never understood that either. It's yeah. like you had you had a money thing right there and why would you get rid of that he was in wwe for um 11 years he went wow. to september uh, in september of 2011 he signed a contract with wwe and started in uh, florida championship wrestling before it turned you know before they turned that into nxt um so you know 11 years he's been the united states champion tag team champion seven times with three di three different partners uh sheamus being one of them uh sheamus shinsuke nakamura and tyson kidd tyson kidd okay. was who he won his first tag team title with okay <clears throat> and, and he won the andre andre the giant memorial battle royal he, the he got yeah 
he he got one world title match his entire time there. And that was against Roman Reigns for the universal title last year. But everybody knew he was not going to win it. They even had him on um, Tough Enough mm-hmm. as like the sparring partner with yeah. um, oh, the fat guy that, that actually I liked the guy's finishing move, what he had um, because it was kind of like the alligator, but he kind of put his knee on their, it was almost like a camel clutch, except for he had one knee on their back pulling up. Mm. And I was like, that's a pretty good move. Um, but the guy didn't pan out, obviously. Um, yeah. he, he came in second place for the guys because he, uh, he was just being voted on because the fans liked him, but it was even shown that the dude was lazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was, a, he, yeah, he just was not very motivated. But they had Cesaro was like in the ring with him because Cesaro did a standing drop kick that I was just like, holy crap. Because I mean, he hit it solid. And so it looked like he was kind of, kind of yeah. picked off a little bit. But I mean, just from a, I mean, he just jumped up, bam. I was yeah. like, whoo. So, but I mean, the guy's athletic. Yep. The guy's technical. Yep. The guy is amazingly strong. Yeah. Has a good look. The fans love him. He's mm-hmm. he's over. He's been over with the fans for years. Oh, so yeah. I don't know. I I don't get what Vince McMahon didn't see because he his style was more of a European type style. Uh-huh. You know, with the forearm because those forearm smashes though that's that's like I think they even call it the European forearm. Yeah. Yep. And. Because you know he's not doing the the tope suicidas that you see in every single other match. I just and, I don't get it. The guy uh, the guy was Cesaro was a he's a former pro wrestling gorilla world heavyweight champion. He was a I think a two time tag team champion in Ring of Honor with Chris Hero. They were called the Kings of Wrestling. They had some amazing matches, especially with the Briscoes. Um, I mean, the guys wrestled all over the world is amazingly talented and you couldn't come up, you, you couldn't come up with a deal to keep him. Mm. I think they wanted uh. to keep him at his, at his current deal. And he was like, no, they wanted to keep him at his current deal, not offer any more money, just keep everything like it was. And he was like, no. So then they negotiated and couldn't come up with anything. But the good thing for him, though, is he does not have a non-compete clause because his contract expired. He wasn't released. So he could pop up anywhere that he wants to at any time. So he could actually, um, he could have popped up on AEW. No, it all happened today. Yeah. So he could actually be, but he could be on AEW yeah, he could pop up on AEW next week on Dynamite if he wanted to. When's their pay-per-view? But their pay-per-view is the 7th. It's on a Monday? Is it the 7th? Yeah, because no. we know the 7th is a Monday because we got something going on on the 7th. That's true. Let me see. And the 9th. You all will find out as you'll find out as some good stuff going. No, it's the 6th. I was wrong. Okay. So it's on a Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So it's on a Sunday, which means I will watch it on Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I will probably also, uh, well, we can't do a review at all on a Monday. No. 
because we got something really cool going on. Uh, so we could go Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, unless you want to wait till Thursday. Uh, well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we always do. Uh, it's kind of what we do. It's our thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, hopefully <clears throat> other companies out there are smart enough to see that he's on the market and snatch him up. I mean, I know people still complain that AEW's roster's bloated, but if they have a chance to sign Cesaro or Claudio is his real, you know, his real first right. name. But if they have a chance to sign him, it would be stupid not to. Oh, and the man speaks at least four languages. Five. Five. Okay. Yep. What's the? Okay, I can guess the. I can guess four of them: English, German, Italian, and French. Just because he's Swiss, and those are the. Um, well, not English, but the other three are the languages they speak in Switzerland. So what's the what's the fifth one? Uh, Swiss English. Swiss, English, German, Italian, French is what they have listed. Swiss, English, German, Italian, French. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. oh, so there is a Swiss language? Mm-hmm. Yep. Really? Well, and, he speaks, and he speaks all five of them fluently. Fluently, yeah. <laughs> um, now, I will say that is, that's also kind of a, a product or a byproduct of living like in Europe, probably in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, because well, that so just, many languages just right there. And that's the thing about that's the thing about WWE's developmental is they're pulling people literally pulling people off the street that have no experience in wrestling. <clears throat> and it's like I miss the days of the well traveled professional wrestler mm-hmm. that has learned multiple styles because and it's only wwe you look at all these other companies i mean look at aew look at alistair black yeah well Mal- malachi black malachi you look black. at him you look at brody king you look at buddy matthews who by the way debuted yes. yep last saw that. Night. um amazing talent too that they let go um but it's just the majority of that roster has traveled the world from the from the young up and comers to the veterans, they have traveled the world, and you can tell in their you can tell in their promos, you can tell in their ring work, just the way they carry themselves. They they have so much knowledge of wrestling, and it's I mean it's kind of sad that it's like WWE at least is like moving away from that and just you know we're going to and I get having the developmental and I get building people up. I mean, they've had some success stories with that. Braun Strowman, why mm-hmm. they let him go, I don't know. But Braun Strowman, they kind of, you know, they pretty much built from the ground up. He was, he started in the Performance Center with no experience. Roman Reigns started in FCW, no pro wrestling experience. I mean, he grew up in the business, but no. I'm about to say, I'm pretty sure he wrestled at some point growing up. <laughs> yeah. You know, Charlotte Flair. Yep. You know, but I just, I think it I think it helps a wrestler when you get when you are that well traveled and you get the experience in different cultures and different styles mm-hmm. of wrestling that you're not just pigeonholed to one particular style. And think about if we had to say okay where in the world are the wrestling like hot spots you know mm-hmm. if you will of course the US 
we yep. can also throw Canada because the Canadian, I don't know if there's really a Canadian style, but we always think of like the dungeon. Yeah. You know, uh, the usually the Canadian style is a lot more technical than the U S style. Though. Yes. I mean, they, they focus more on the technical side of it and the actual wrestling side of it rather than the sports entertainment side of it. Right. Then you have Japan, mm -hmm. which they, everybody talks about the Japanese, a strong style. Yeah. You, you got have Mex Mexico, you got Mexico, Lucha Libre, Lucha Libre, and the fact that for whatever reason in Mexico, they work on the right side of the body instead of the left side. Because mm -hmm. um, Jericho and Foley busted them, said that in their books, like, as long as you know that, you're yep, good to go. Good. <laughs> you just got to remember they work on that side of the body. Uh, the British <laughs> wrestling scene, which mm -hmm. it's, still, it's still going, but WWE kind of gutted it to do NXT yeah. UK. I mean, because it was booming there for a while, and then WWE came through and swooped up all the top, you know, British talent. But now they really do nothing with with uh, NXT UK. It's not even promoted, except on you know, it's promoted on YouTube. They'll have clips of matches, yeah, you know, things coming up. But as far as on actual programming, it's never mentioned. And the British style, I'll say, is probably not as stiff as a japanese style but it's still um, it's still pretty stiff though it's still yeah. pretty stiff yeah and you know and that's what i'll say you didn't kind of like you the european mm -hmm. kind of style is very similar to the british style mm -hmm. you know but with a lot of like the forearms and um very technical and um and besides that i mean i know south africa actually has somewhat of a scene but i i I can only think of like a couple of wrestlers, a, a few, a very handful that actually came out of South Africa. Mm -hmm. um, Adam Rose, um, he's one of them. Uh, Justin Gabriel, he's okay. actually uh, PJ Black on the Independence, but when he was in WWE, he was Justin Gabriel. He was in uh, the Nexus. Okay. Uh, the Simpson brothers, it was like Steve and Sean Simpson. I mean, this we're talking like way back in the eighties. You know, with world class um, Jeep Swenson, they said was from South Africa. I'm not sure. Um, that may be one of the things they kind of build him as being from there, but he was like a commando type and he was, it was, mm -hmm. you know, um, and think, well, I don't want to say Colonel De Beers uh, because he actually was not from there. He was just built from, uh, it may not have even been, I'd have to look. I don't, even, it may not even been South Africa, but that was just a tasteless character anyway. Yeah. It really was. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, even yeah, then, got, even then, when we were kids and saw him, we knew that was a tasteless character. Yeah. Even if and, we didn't completely know why, then we knew. Mm, no, no. And <laughs> here's the weird, if you want to call it, fortunate thing was he never, the character itself never made it in WWF, never made it in the NWA. He was in the AWA for a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was about as far as that character went. And I think the man himself who was behind it, he, he had, he dropped it. He's like, okay, I'm tired of this. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you I, know? I, it's enough of this now. Yeah. Um, because some of the, even like the interviews they'd have like in PWI and inside wrestling and, and all the, the after mags, mm -hmm. um, they would have him quoted as saying some things and I'm reading it going, really? They're, they're like, <laughs> what? Uh, but, <laughs> but thankfully, you know, they, um, thankfully that character is no longer <laughs> there. Yeah. Cause I think his real name is like Ed. 
<laughs> so um yeah but so yeah he, he was like yeah i'm done with that i'm tired of you know getting people wanting to beat me up because some stupid character y'all want me to play yeah um it looks like that the uh from watching AEW, i watched the show um this afternoon uh once again a really good show um i have seen online where people are like you know i feel that AEW is with the way that they do their booking and everything, I feel like their show is pretty consistent yeah. week to week being a good show. I've said, I have seen criticism online that, you know, people are like, well, you know, this week's show wasn't all that good or anything. And some of that could be, well, you didn't see your favorite wrestler on TV this week, but I like it because that way I don't get tired of people. Right. like I do watching WWE because it's like people get rotated in and out. It's like you got your main stories that have your TV time. And then it's like, once those feuds are over, they kind of have new feuds and show and bring more other people in. And I kind of like that style. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that's kind of like the old territory days. They would do that. And yeah. that way you didn't get tired of a particular person you know and their pay-per-view looks like it is going to uh blow elimination chamber away on paper you've got hangman adam page defending the world title against adam cole that yeah uh they could have just that match alone and it would yeah that, <laughs> that would be yeah that would, give, give them an hour and it, there's your yeah. pay-per-view yeah and and it would be disappointing. Yeah, they're going to kill it. You've got CM Punk and MJF in a dog collar match. Oh, uh, you have um, who else was it? who else is it? You've got you're going to have a, a uh, triple threat tag team title match. You've got Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, and more than likely the Young Bucks. So that's going to be a great tag team match. Uh, you've also got the face of the revolution ladder match. Whoever wins that uh, has an automatic shot at the TNT title. Right now it's Wardlow, Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks are in it so far. Ooh. And I think they've got, I think they've got a, two more spots to fill, I think. Um, and Britt Baker is going to be defending the women's world title against Thunder Rosa. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they, then there's going to be, there's probably wow. going to be a couple of other matches, but that they card, have... that card alone is worth watching. And oh, yeah. Like, you know, I just don't, I don't get why other companies can't build a card like that it's not hard when you have the talent it's like and just like they we always say storylines don't have to be convoluted and the adam cole adam page storyline is very simple mm -hmm. adam cole wants to be the world champion so he told adam page uh, i'm tired of waiting i want what you have so give me my shot at the title and adam page is like that's fine with me. Let, let's fight. That's all that, you need. I bet Adam wins. Yeah. 
say that's always a safe bet. <laughs> that's right. Um, but that's all you have to do. It doesn't have to be convoluted. Just you're the champion and I want to be champion. So give me a shot at the title. Yeah. I mean, that's – if there's a belt on the line, that's really all you yeah. need. Every once in a while you have some other stipulation because – one's been attacking the other one and they've turned it into a kind of a grudge, but it makes you want to watch the title part yeah. even more. Yeah. And just like the whole thing about the dog collar, I had to think about it. I was like, that's right. Because of the whole him using the chain to choke him out. He used the, the chain match. to choke him out. He's kept, you know, they keep talking about Roddy Piper and I knew that's where they were going to go. And I've seen CM Punk in a dog collar match with Raven in like early days of ring of honor. That was that was a war. Dog collar matches are brutal anyway. Yeah. But man, um, and those are ones you know when you see a dog collar match, that's usually the end of the feud. Yeah. Usually, unless yep. you're talking about Jimmy Valiant and Paul Jones, and that feud just kept going. That just, going just that feud just went forever. But yeah, like, yeah, like like Roddy Piper and uh, Greg Valentine that they were feuding over the U.S. title. Yeah. And the dog collar match was the end of it. Yeah, Stark at eighty three. Yep, and that's how it should be. And I feel like that's how it'll be with punk, you know, with CM Punk and MJF. Um, oh, I take that back. I forgot a match. Uh, Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Yes, love Eddie Kingston. I yeah. I've liked Eddie Kingston for years. I'm so glad that he is with a major promotion. Because he has been wrestling for 20 years on the independent scene. Mm. And I'm so glad that he, and he still does indie stuff. He hasn't forgotten where he came from. Even though he signed to AEW, he still does indie stuff. But I'm glad that he's with a big promotion and more people get to see, more people get to give that guy a microphone and 30 minutes of your show. And he's going to talk people into, into the seat. The dude can talk. He's always been oh, able to talk. And he just looks like even in his face, he looks like he has a chip on his shoulder. Yes. Yep. And well, that, he he always has because he's always um he's always been told he couldn't do it. He's always been told he wouldn't be good at it. Um plus he's had his, you know, he's had his bouts bouts with mental health issues, which he's been very open about. Right. And so, but Eddie Kingston in pro wrestling, I feel like Eddie Kingston is as real as you're going to get. There's nothing. I don't feel like there's anything fake about him. Anytime he cuts a promo, it's like, I believe every word he just said, because yeah. I think he means every word he says. There's nothing flashy. He looks like an everyday guy. I feel like that's as real as you're going to get in the sport of pro wrestling. And did you happen to see the speech that he gave talking about uh Brody Lee. Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. That, I mean, that was more of a motivational speech, mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, you just felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, you know, cause it was a, that was a backstage that wasn't for cameras. I mean, that was yeah, him that talking was, to the boys and yeah. And so, yeah, you knew, I mean, it was very real and I was like, okay. I mean, cause I, I really didn't know who he was hardly. But I was that and a couple other things he did. I'm like, okay, this guy, he's he's for real. I mean, he's yeah, yeah I mean, it may be a promo, some of the things yeah. he's seen in the ring, but yeah. you know, I mean, it's the best. I feel with him that with him, I feel like he is the perfect example of 
what is kind of a dying art is like nowadays that your wrestling character is just an extension of yourself. And I feel like with Eddie, I don't even feel like it's turned up to 11. I feel like that's Eddie Kingston, whether he's in the ring, backstage, on the street, whatever. I feel like that's the genuine article. And one thing before we go on, I, I, I got to talk about it now because I, totally, <coughs> I would totally forget. The guys on the Bless Their Hearts podcast, mm-hmm. right? Um, Jamie, the, you know, one of the guys, he actually went to the AEW show in Nashville. There, uh, yeah, I, when I realized they were in Nashville, I was like, oh, I can't yeah. believe I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he got free tickets. Oh, cool. Well, think about who he's who whose podcast they've been on and who we had on. That is true. That yeah. is true. So Jericho actually hooked him up, and um, but he said, you know, of course, he showed up at the hey, Jericho just told him, hey, go to the will call booth and just mm-hmm. say, you know, who you are. And he said he he didn't know what kind of tickets to expect, you know, fifth row, right? Really? Yeah. I mean, it was right there. That's awesome. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he looked over, and there's Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> <laughs> she was like front row. Yeah. You know. Yeah, she was front row. Yeah, because she was on she was on camera for a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's actually one of the shots. He's like behind her. Oh, okay. I have to go back it. and look that um, up and see. Yeah. Well, um, do you follow them on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. actually posted a pic, posted a picture on Twitter. Oh, okay. Uh, so I say fifth row. Actually, it was more like a third row type. But either way, you mm-hmm. can see him. Then at one point, he actually he's like, "Hey, you know, do you mind if we get?" Because he's like, "That's Clarissa that explains it all." And I'm like, yep. "I don't know that show, but I do know Sabrina." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and she's also the the yearbook girl, and um, can't hardly wait. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yep. God, I love that movie. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's so goofy, but man, it's funny. But yeah, so he got to take his picture with Herb, and he was talking about the experience, you know, because he lives in Berea, and he said that uh, he met his friends in Bowling Green, like, the night before, and then they drove down, because mm. to go from Berea to Nashville, I mean, that's yeah. a little bit of a haul to try to make it back, you know, and, um, but he was talking about the matches and, how you know, how much you know, fun they were having, but he said, yeah, the first hour, they had this thing called, you know, like, Elevation, and they show the matches on YouTube, Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and he was actually explaining it, it to uh, John, his co co-host. Yeah. Uh, because John couldn't go. Uh, he wanted to go, but he had just come off COVID, but he still had like the COVID fatigue. Oh, Lord. Yes. I, I, <laughs> you know I exactly. Sympathize with, I know exactly how that feels. Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah. So he said he could have gone, but he said he would have felt like garbage the whole time. Mm-hmm. So he decided, yep. unfortunately, to uh, pass on it. Um, but he said then, you know, um, after the the first hour they said that's actually when melissa joan hart came out was after that first hour and mm-hmm. and you know said so for two hours they had you know the very show he said then after that of course then they have um the front dynamite dynamite no uh rampage yeah rampage. they tape rampage after dynamite yeah yeah i said i just want to say wednesday and friday <laughs> why can't they just call it that <laughs> but, but they they tape rampage uh but then he said after that you know, this is actually something obviously we're not going to see on TV. He said, Tony Khan, he said, the owner comes out mm-hmm. and says, okay, is there any wrestlers that you wanted to see tonight that did not perform? And like, yeah, because I mean, they have a stack. Right? He said, well, they're here and they're going to perform now. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So that's what they do. You know, when that's you said awesome. About, yeah. Yeah. 
And when you were mentioning that you don't want to see, you know, some of the wrestlers like every single week because you get tired of them, mm-hmm. or they're there, they just perform afterwards. That's it's cool. Like, yeah, it's like WWE. They always do that dark match after, yeah. you know, yeah. for the people there in the audience. Except for when Big Show and Braun Strowman broke the ring, they didn't yeah. have a match after that. There was no match after that. <laughs> yeah, I was there for that one. Poor ring. <laughs> it was like boom, and it's like that ref went ah. <laughs> but um, and then they made Big Show cry just by being nice to him. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, he was talking all about that, and I was like, man, that is super cool. Um. But <clears throat> so yeah, if you don't listen to the Bless Our Hearts, I mean, it's just two guys just sitting around talking. And they were today, mm-hmm. they were talking about um, the episode came today, they were talking about like their go to meals. And I also had to respond to them because they were talking about Hardee's. And the closest <laughs> heart, well, the closest Hardee's to us is still a 45 minute drive away. Really? Yeah. Um, they used to have some in around Cincinnati, but the owner of the all the ones, he apparently he died and they just let them shut down. Oh. I'm like, how are you going to shut down Hardee's? <laughs> I love Hardee's. But I sent a message. I'm like, yeah, my, because uh, I guess they don't have one in Berea. Like the closest one is Richmond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which Richmond and Berea aren't that far, aren't, you know, it's really not that far away. But, right. Um, but I'm not going to drive 45 minutes just to go to a Hardee's. No. Um, you know, even though, I, uh, uh, but I love my go to for Hardee's is the Frisco Burger. Mm. Has been, or um, since I think the first time I had one when they first started making them was around like 90, 91, because the Hardy's there on Fort Campbell Boulevard. I used to yeah. get it from there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, right by the KFC you used to work at. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but anyway, back to what we were saying about like Eddie Kingston and, and Chris Jericho, uh, you know, I know we were talking about the MGF, but I got to say this because we were talking about Kingston. Did you get the feeling when Chris Jericho was telling, you know, that that was almost a pipe bomb kind of a shoot promo as well? Yeah. Did you catch that he didn't, he wouldn't mention Cody by name? He said, what's his name? I had already heard about it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I was trying to eat at the same time as that one was going on because the food had gotten here by that point. So I was kind of like listening, but like eating my cow's own at the same time, a heart, you know, and, and, you know, but I was like, hmm, but I was like, some of the stuff he was saying, it's talking about, um, you're afraid of success. And I'm like, you know, that's a real thing. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean, um, every once in a while, my daughter kind of suffers from that, you know, cause she does really good at something. And then all of a sudden it's like, she's afraid to succeed because yeah. you know she starts to think too hard she overanalyzes everything mm-hmm. you know she takes too much after me in that that aspect um but so now she gets afraid of success and um especially actually here recently and i gotta say this real quick um there is some guy he's a troll i mean but he started taking some of her videos on tiktok and he was adding to them to basically um harass her Mm. and she's pretty upset which you can imagine and you know so she's actually made her tiktok private she actually made it private then a couple days later she changed it back and he made he he made one video they did it again and we're like gotta leave it private for a lot longer than that but yeah so she knows now she's leaving it she's leaving it private you know at least for at least a month Mm -hmm. and in the meantime we've actually found out 
kind of who the guy is because he has a few TikTok channels. He also has a few YouTube channels. Um, and I was even thinking about some of the things. Um, and I had a coworker who is a big time gamer. And, you know, she actually did like a reverse image search and she mm -hmm. found even more on him. And she was like, oh my God, this guy's disgusting. Mm. You know, so she actually stopped looking at stuff because she's like the pictures. Um, even though she wasn't on our work Wi-Fi, you mm -hmm. know, she's like, yeah, this is like NSFW type stuff. She's like, yeah. Um, so she said, but yeah, she was telling me, she's like, yeah, this guy has been harassing women since at least 2016. That's disgusting. Yeah. And then I got to thinking about it because, you know, you remember I was, um, we were talking and was it Devin who actually used to work with like, um, like intellectually challenged mm -hmm. Devin? Okay. I couldn't remember if it was him or Mims, um, but we were talking about that because we had, I just talked about one of the guys who goes to the NWF shows mm -hmm. who has harassed some of the, uh, the female wrestlers and everything Avery was telling me, I was like, this kind of sounds like him. Obviously it's not him, but mm -hmm. it kind of sounds like the same thing. And then because Avery, one point she's like, yeah, I think he's Australian. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, he sounds Australian, but she got to listen to, you know, like watch his YouTube videos again. And she's like, no, he just sounds like he has a really bad speech impediment. I was like, you know what? I said, I'd be willing to bet he probably has, you know, so kind of like that guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because that one kid who goes to NWF shows, mm -hmm. um, you know, he's, you know, he is um, learning disabled. Right. And very high functioning, obviously, but, mm -hmm. um, but he thinks it's funny because somebody has taught him that it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. And this guy, same thing. And you know what, Avery? She actually put on her TikTok. And we and we told her you better take that down because she's like, hey, if anybody wants to get this guy back, and she put his name. I was like, Avery, take it down because now you look like I said you're yeah. the one soliciting people to harass him. Yeah, get it off of there now. I said because you could get in trouble with the school, you could get in trouble with um, Disney because mm -hmm. you yeah. know. I was like, yep. get it off of there. Mm -hmm. She's like, what am I supposed to do? I said, block him. Yeah, just block him. Delete, delete any kind of comments. Block him. It's like, well, he'll create another account. I said, eventually he'll he'll get tired of creating accounts. Yeah. And, and if I your said, profile is private, he can't he can't get to any of her stuff anyway. So right. And and that was that words. I said, Avery. I said, you're not the first one he's harassed. You're just the latest one. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I said, eventually he's going to get caught, and something bad is probably going to happen to him because, you know, people don't appreciate. Yeah. And they'll say, I don't care. You know, you, sh you know, by now you don't need to be, you know, you shouldn't mm -hmm. be doing that. Mm -hmm. And, but anyway, so I don't even remember how we got on that subject, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how did work? And I'll just try to rewind to see what we, see, we were talking about, about Jericho. Yep. Talk about Jericho. Uh, um, the, um, Phobia of uh, phobia, yes, fear, fear of success, yep. yes, and that's why I was talking about Avery because sometimes that's the fear she has of she gets successful and then all of a sudden you get the uh, the the dark side mm -hmm. of that, yeah, the people who will harass you just because, yeah, um, but yeah, and when Jericho was saying all that and then like you said he mentioned what's his name, mm -hmm. you know, even though I didn't really hear the what's his name but I knew 
I knew about it. And then uh, he was saying, you're a loser. Your uncle was a loser and everything else. And then mm -hmm. I was just thinking, who's his uncle? <laughs> I don't remember yeah. who his uncle was, but, uh, but I mean, that one to me along uh, with, you know, what MJF said at the beginning of the night, you know, mm -hmm. or closer to the beginning of the night after the big tag team um, scramble battle Royal thingy. Yeah. Um, which was actually pretty decent. I like that. Yeah, it was. Um, um, but, you know, it seemed like it was a night of being real. That's yeah. The best way to put it. Yeah. But, and then Tawana had the, you know, my wife, she actually had the, the court of the night when Jade Cargill was out there mm -hmm. and she looked at her green hair. She looked at her green eye eyeshadow. And she said, her greens don't match. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, everybody's got jokes. <laughs> she gets better in the ring every single time I see her. She does. Oh, absolutely. She, that, and I like that they put, cause I mean, they could have put the TBS title on Ruby Soho, but I like that they put it on Jade Cargill because she's the, you know, she's the up and comer. I mean, she never, she never wrestled until she wrestled on dynamite when she teamed with Shaq against yeah. Cody and Red Velvet. <laughs> that was her first match ever. And now she's like 28. No, she hasn't been, she hasn't been beaten yet. And is she going against Thunder Rosa? No, it's uh, Britt Baker is going. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Rosa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure who's. I don't. I think. Oh, let's see. I think Jade Cargill is going to wrestle Ty Conti for the TBS. Oh, title. okay, that's yeah, because Ty Conti yeah. came out and Tawana looked and she's like, "I bet she's Brazilian." Yes. Because <laughs> flex, so yeah. Like, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, she is. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, Jade Cargo, I mean, she's got a good look. Mm -hmm. Not an ounce of body fat on her, hardly. She has presence. Yes. She has charisma. Uh, just, and she's learning extremely fast. Mm -hmm. And like she, from week to week, you could see the improvement. And then Daniel Bryan's been working with her. So, I mean, I feel like there's nothing but good things in her future. And it's apparent she has a natural aptitude for it. Yeah, yeah. I think she's uh, just a natural athlete anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, that helped. Yeah. But, and, yeah, yeah. But she, yeah, she's just, it's one of those, she, she was born to do this. You can yeah. tell she, this is what she was supposed to be doing. And she enjoys it. And like she said in her interview with Jericho on his podcast, she doesn't need to do no. wrestling because she doesn't she's need like, to wrestle. She yeah, wrestles because she, she, she wants to, yeah. not because she has to. She even said flat out, she's like, Look, I'm rich. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was flat <laughs> out said, I'm wealthy, you yeah. know, and you know, because um, because of her husband, you know, um, collecting quite a bit of money when he played baseball. Yeah. And he must have done good with his money. He didn't blow it. Right. You know, so good on him. Yeah. Like Jim Ross says, not what you make is what you save. Exactly. Uh, one other thing about AEW, and I'll move on to something else. I like the fact that they actually, that the, the announcers and the wrestlers treat it like an actual sport. Yes. You know, because, and, you know, Jim Ross is always talking about, you know, the winner, you know, the winner's purse, you know, mm -hmm. get to the pay, you know, get to the pay window. It's like when a guy has, a, has another guy down and he's like posing, he's like, pin him win the match and get to the pay window then you can do your posing after you've made your money 
Yeah. And then I, I love the fact that they treat it, they, they have respect for it and treat it like a sport instead of, oh, we're, we're an entertainment company that just happens to have wrestlers on it. And the matches have time limits, mm-hmm. which WWE doesn't do that unless it's an Iron Man match. Yeah. Um, and Ross has always said, even when he was still with WWE, mm-hmm. he was saying they need to bring back time limits. He said that adds to the tension yeah. of the match. And yeah, because then you've got people paying attention to the time and it's like, oh, we're getting close. Like when when Hangman and, da- and Danielson yeah. you know, went to that 60-minute draw which, you know, was a fantastic match and really didn't need a finish because it just built to the next match. But mm-hmm. things like that, yeah, it's just, I, I love that respect that they have for the business. I mean, Ric Flair, as you talked about, all the hour-long Broadways, the 90-minute-long mm-hmm. Broadways yeah. you did with Steamboat, Barry Windham, and, mm-hmm. and some of the other ones. And nobody thought any less of them because they went to a draw. No, We're like, oh my God, you wrestled for sixty minutes. All the yeah, all the thing is, yeah, you wrestled for sixty minutes or you wrestled for ninety minutes. You went to a draw. I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. Whenever y'all are here again, I'm coming back to see this to hopefully get to see this match again. Right. That's and, that's the appeal. Well, and even like the the win loss records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, they have like, win loss records. They have the standings. Like Adam Cole was number one on the. You know, he was number one in the standings and, you know, for the men in AEW, now he's going to be getting a title match at the pay-per-view. And that's something that, um, we, we know that the person who holds a secondary belt, or it's usually like the automatic number one contender, Mm -hmm. but we know the world champion doesn't only defend the belt against them. Right. You know, because that would get kind of boring after a while. You're watching the same match literally over and over yeah. again. And that's by, so by having that number one contender, number two, mm-hmm. you know, just says, hey, here's the pecking order. And I like so, that they don't treat their belts like props. Like, because, I mean, really in pro wrestling, the most important thing is your ch- is the championship. Yeah. It should never be treated like a prop. And, like, I, I don't feel like any of their titles – or props. And I feel like whenever they're defended, they always defend them with importance yeah. to that, to that title. And the, the titles should mean something. That's why you don't, you shouldn't have too many of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're saying with like Oprah, you get a world title, you get a yeah. world title, you get a world yeah. title. And with AEW, you know, you had the world title. Then you have what's the next next one down? You have the world title. You have the uh, the TNT title. TNT, okay. And then you've got the tag titles. And then on the women's side, you have the world title and the TBS title. And that's all you need. Yeah, that's it. I mean, everybody else, you're going for a title, or mm-hmm. you know, you're you're having a detour because somebody made you mad, and so now you're mm-hmm. fighting them. And yep. of course, you may be fighting them to get that that next. Right. Not up. You know, they have reasons for the matches. Exactly. And, you know, and now Ross, I have heard him on his podcast refer to, he's like, it's a prop. I'm like, okay. Jim, I, mean, I mean, I get it, but I think it's just, especially if you look at throughout wrestling history at the men and women that held championships, that you could tell the ones that there were ones that did treat it like a prop. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is just an accessory. And, 
blah, 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 blah. But then you had the ones that treated it with, you know, treated it with the respect that it deserved. And that's what I've always respected. And I like that AEW has, is, keeps that mindset. Yeah, because WWE, it, you could almost go through the roster right now and it would be easier for you to count the number of wrestlers who have not been mm-hmm. either the world champion or the universal champion because I consider yep. them kind of equal. Yep. And I mean, it's almost like, you know, like a Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. And there's one of them, I don't remember the exact episode, but like the Dean, he's under, he's like Dr. Wallowit, or not, I'm sorry, actually, Dr. Cooper, you know, um, and then Dr. Gabriel, and then he goes to Dr. Dr. Mr. Wallowitz. Yeah, Mr. Wallowitz. Well, and he's like, oh, he's like, I have a master's degree. He's like, yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. But it's the same <laughs> yeah. thing. You yeah. know, it's like, that's yeah. why they treat the world title, and it shouldn't be like that. I mean, because you're thinking about an organization because um, if a casual fan, who the weird thing is, they the WWE keeps trying to appeal to the casual fan, mm-hmm. especially during WrestleMania season, and they look and go, oh, the world champion, they must be the top one. Yeah. And you would think, I mean, you put that as the face of your company. Yeah. Uh, but no, they don't do that. It's like, here, yeah. it's your turn. Yeah, it's you your know? turn. Yeah, it's your turn with the title. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of WWE, they did um, send out a tweet today that said um, Charlotte and Ronda Rousey will main event night one of WrestleMania. Okay. Which I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy. The more respect these women get, mm-hmm. you know, in their talent and their performances, the better. I have no issue with them main eventing. Uh, and Ric Flair was actually talking about Charlotte. At, well, he, he started referring to <coughs> Ash, Ashley, you know, her real name. Mm-hmm. And he was actually talking about all the sports that she played, like, you know, back in the day. Yeah, and, I know she was, I know she was really good at volleyball. Yeah, she, she played she one. played volleyball at Appalachian State. Mm-hmm. So I mean she was a division one level, yeah. you know, volleyball player. Uh he said, but in high school, he said he tried to get her to play basketball. He said she hated it. She just was not into basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said, you know, she did gymnastics, she did volleyball, and then she got recruited to be on the diving team because one of their uh one of their girls got sick or got hurt and they needed like another body. Mm-hmm. And they went after sure he said, and she got like first place in her oh, very wow. first and he's like man how could you do he said her gymnastics mm-hmm. yep you know so charlotte i mean as much as what we get tired of her being pushed you know she's kind of like the female brock lesnar in a way mm-hmm. you know well but then again ronda rousey is kind of like that too but anyway uh it's just she is a very very legitimate athlete oh yeah she i mean she's a great athlete and i think she is really good in the ring i just don't feel like that they're doing her any favors by pushing her as hard as they do right at the top because it does bring resentment from Mm -hmm. not only fans but it's got to bring resentment from people in the locker room too because it's like you know i'm busting my butt 300 days a year and they just keep putting the title on her and i mean She's just, she's doing what she's, you know, she's doing what her boss tells her to do. Just like when Roman was in that situation, Roman was doing what his boss told him to do. But I think they don't look at the big, they don't look at long-term how that's going to affect the perception of that wrestler. And 
Charlotte, I think one of the things they need to kind of also pay attention to is here lately, she's been getting kind of sloppy in the ring. And I don't know if that's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's on purpose or just, or, or what, but yeah, I've noticed there was some, she's not as crisp with certain, with some moves as she normally is. Right. And, but I did watch the Naomi Charlotte match from SmackDown. That was amazing. Yes. Yes, it was the whole time. Like, man, I mean, this is, I mean, you, you thought Naomi could easily win the title. Yeah. Um, even though we there knew was she several probably times. wasn't. Yeah, there but, were several times I, I just knew. I'm like, oh, she's got her this time. And I'm, I'm actually looking up, you know, talking about like title reigns. Because, you know, we mentioned Charlotte having, you know, 13, however many yeah, uh, she's titles. Got, she's got 12 main roster singles world titles. She's got a tag title and two NXT women's titles. So she's got 15 championships. And <clears throat> since you know, 2015. We, and we're talking about them trying to make her match her dad. Mm-hmm. Well, her dad started in 1973. Exactly. And got his you last know. world title in 2000. Right. And so, you know, you're talking 27 years. Yep. You know, she's done all that in the span of like eight years. Yeah. Yep. Because, like, yeah, because she won the NXT women's title in 2014. Uh, that her first one, yeah, in eight years, she's got 15 titles. If you just count singles titles, she's got 14 world titles in eight years. That's kind of like when they were doing the thing with Cena, where they were like, uh, you know, where he's tied Flair for the record, yeah, but Cena won his first world title in 2005. And won his last one. He beat AJ Styles at the Rumble in 2016, maybe. Was that uh, when then at the SummerSlam when Brock tossed him around like you stole something from him? No, no, that was uh, that was before the the Lesnar beating was before that. Okay, uh, because he lost it to AJ. He he beat AJ at the Rumble. It was. It was the year they had the WrestleMania that they had Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton for the title and had the bugs on the screen. On the oh, on the oh, yeah, that crap. Well, <laughs> that was Cena beat AJ at the Rumble and then defended it in the Elimination Chamber the next month, and Bray Wyatt ended up winning. So okay, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember if that was 2015. No, I think it was 2016. May have been. I'm not 100 sure. Whatever year they were in Dallas, so I think yeah. that was 2016. Yeah, 2016. So Cena had 16 world titles in 11 years. Wow. When it took Flair 27 years to get 16. We know it's more than 16, but the the recognized record is 16. But to give Flair credit, though, his world title reigns were not just like three weeks. I mean. Yeah, and his world title reigns were legitimately all over the world. Yeah. I mean, he's lost titles in Japan and Germany. He's lost and won titles in, you know, yep. Japan, Germany, all over Puerto, you know, Puerto Rico, all over the world. Yeah. You know? uh, the Dominican Republic where he the, talks yeah. about, just take the belt. I got to get out of here. Yeah. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> because but, your fans are going to kill me. And, that, and that's the difference. And it's like, I would rather have one long title reign than 
multiples where it's just bouncing back and forth. Yeah. And I'm looking up The Rock right now. The Rock, WWE Championship eight times, WCW Championship two times. Yep. You know, so ten, he, he's held it 10 times. That means he's lost it 10 times. Also. Yeah, but he's held it 10 times. But The Rock won his first WWE title in 98. Yes. And then he lost his last match before he beat Punk was in 2002 when he lost it to Brock Lesnar. So he, you know, so he won in between that time. He won nine world titles in four years. Um, did he, he was also the champion when Cena beat him at the second at WrestleMania. Ah, that's right. That's right. But so I, I thought there was one more. Yeah. So, so, okay. So eight world titles he had in four years, then he beat, yeah, he beat punk. Yeah. That was the last one though. Yeah. It was actually nine because yeah. Cause he beat, he came back, beat punk and then lost it to Cena. So he had nine, so he had nine world titles in four years and then win a decade basically and then beat you know won one more world title which was <laughs> him and cena again well the thing is the match didn't need to be done they right. they lied to the fans and said once in a lifetime when they knew they knew as soon as the first match was over that they wanted to do another one because the first yeah. one made so much money yeah but this wait a minute was... we we found another lifetime yeah, we found another one. <laughs> but the title didn't need to be on the line. They never should have they never should have ended Punk's reign then. Right. Because when The Rock got the world title, everybody knew Cena was going to win the Rumble. Yep. Everybody knew Cena was going to win a Rumble, then they were going to go to WrestleMania, everybody knew Cena would win the title. Yep, see, we figured this out. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, everybody had to figure it out. Vince, you're not pulling anybody. No. Seriously, dude. Oh. But, of course, The Rock, I mean, he's now the highest paid entertainer in Hollywood, which still blows my mind. Yeah. You know, um, and, I mean, I, I give him props. I mean, his company is named Seven Bucks Entertainment because yeah. that's all he had in his wallet, Seven Bucks. And, and I, res I tell my wife this all the time. I respect the fact that he is still humble about mm -hmm. that. I mean, the guy has basically, if life was a video game, he's already beat the main game. He's just yeah. doing side quests now. I mean, yes. wow. He had, he had a he had a rap verse on a Tech Nine song. He's, uh, you know, bought the XFL. They're now part. They're now have a working relationship with the NFL. Okay. Uh, an official working relationship because he's smart, and it's like, mm -hmm. hey, instead of trying to compete with them, which you're never going to do, I'm just going to work with them. And then he has the, the, his own tequila brand, which apparently is the best-selling tequila in the world right now. So it's like, well, I'm just going to, I've already done everything else. I'm just going to do these side missions now. But I mean, everything that guy touches turns to gold and he could be the cockiest human being in the world. And he's one of the most humble people in the world. And you know, right now I'm trying to do like lift one eyebrow up. I'm like, <laughs> I can't do it. Like when he was, when he did his, his promo at the Super Bowl, he showed a picture on his Instagram and you could see the back of his arms when he was going through the tunnel to go onto the field. He had goosebumps because he yeah. said, he's like, this is what, this is something that I never thought I would get to do. 
and you know he's got enough respect for what football players do that he had goosebumps stepping onto their field and didn't he also produce the uh fighting with my family movie he produced that he also has signed i forgot about this he signed a contract with the ufc i'm not sure what the details are not the fight or anything but like promotional type stuff for with his company so he's got that going on too i mean i don't know when the guy sleeps he's also got a superhero movie coming out this year i, I don't know when he finds time and he still he still makes sure he has time to spend with his daughters yeah and just to think the fact that his acting career started with his performance on saturday night live yeah yep and he he impressed somebody so much they're mm -hmm. like let's try him out in movies yeah let's try and, him out in, let's try him out in the mummy and then the scorpion king and yeah and, and then he did his little <laughs> he did his little disney stint, stint and you know people were like oh my god he's terrible no people he did what the script called mm -hmm. for disney movies are cheesy we all know that he did his disney movies and then he was able to make the movies that he wanted to make uh well maybe when my daughter goes down and she's working for disney maybe <laughs> she'll make them not as cheesy yeah uh, but i mean yeah and that's that's kind of a suburb yeah she is so uh stoked about that she should yeah. be she's i mean i'm excited for her. that's that's yeah. an awesome opportunity yeah and you know if you go to disney well mm -hmm. you got somebody there to yeah you know maybe sure. show you around um but <clears throat> so yeah i mean we'll think she'll she'll be great and she likes well uh another sidebar when you get a chance there's a documentary and they talk about how Disney at one point, I mean, had dropped like its lowest point in the eighties mm -hmm. and you know what they did to kind of revive that become right. know, what they are now. It's called a waking sleeping beauty. Oh, okay. um, yeah. If you have Disney plus, it's actually mm -hmm. on there. You go check it out. It's a documentary talk because it was the, uh, when they came out with a uh, little mermaid, okay. that was the one that, yeah just blew it up from there because they didn't realize how behind the times they were mm -hmm. uh because you, you know remember the love bug movies yes you know the last one came out in like 1981 oh wow yeah by that point i was like really i mean i liked herbie you know when i was young like, really they're I still mean, making those yeah it's like herbie was cool one time but they didn't have to yeah. be a whole series yeah, I mean, I could see a second one, but now you're at least like five of them. <laughs> yeah. And um and it was not necessary. <laughs> and it was not necessary. And they went uh but yeah, but yeah, when you get a chance you go check that out. I mean, it's actually uh, really interesting. And you know, kind of gives like a behind the, you know, kind of inside baseball look at some of the things with Disney. Mm -hmm. Uh but we also have a friend who works down there as well, you know, and she loves it. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. she absolutely yep. loves it. So um i've even told her i was like yeah when i would really retire move to florida i'm gonna hit you up for a job <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's like go ahead and i was like all right yeah cool i don't care if i'm i'm like the guy you got your ticket all right you, got your you know it's disney yeah you know so <clears throat> but anyway um so we haven't we've kind of brushed over mjf's promo um that one i mean what he was talking about the football team mm -hmm. and throwing quarter rolls of quarters at him yeah and i know it sounds bad, weird i hope like i was saying i hope this is 
a shoot and not a work. Yeah. Uh, because for him to make up something like that, I mean, I don't see why anybody would want to make up something like that. Yeah. Um, and especially since you know that there have been, there are people that watch that promo that can absolutely relate to what he was mm-hmm. saying. And to take that away from someone would be just terrible, you know, because, you know, you can't give someone something that they can really relate to and be like, Oh no, I was just kidding. That was just a story for wrestling. Not with the emotion and everything that he gave in that promo. I mean, and we already know that MJF, I mean, well, a week ago, two weeks ago was probably the most hated heel in -hmm. wrestling. And now all of a sudden for them to, if he does come out and say, Oh yeah, I was just lying about all that. It would amplify him being hated, but I don't think he would ever recover from it. I mean, it would be, like real get out of my face heat. Yeah. People yeah. wouldn't want to watch it. They'd watch it on TV, but they wouldn't want to go pay to go watch him. No. And but, uh, it did if especially if this is was if that was legit, especially that first part that he was talking about, he solidified himself as the best promo guy in the business because mm-hmm. he'll work the emotional promo he gave last night. It's like I mean, who's better? Somebody said something on Twitter talking about that Edge was the best promo in wrestling right now. And mm. somebody said, MJF's like, hold my scarf for a minute. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, kind of goes along with what we were talking about on Sunday with our panel. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about racism and prejudice, you know, within yep. the sport. Mm-hmm. And, there you i'm just trying to think off the top of my head how many um jewish wrestlers we could name you know him goldberg um barry horowitz d malenko mm-hmm. um paul Heyman, even though he's not a wrestler but yeah um you know and i mean like i said i'd really have to like almost look at yeah. this but yeah i'd have to google it to know you know exactly how many but it's like it's oh ddp yeah yeah um but because i didn't grow up uh with a lot of jewish people i mean mm-hmm. there's just not a uh where i lived in north carolina there just was not a big jewish population i, I knew one of my teachers i knew she was because she talked about her parents mm-hmm. uh, actually being in the holocaust and I was like, wow, because we read, she was my English teacher and we read um, Night by Ellie Wiesel. Yeah. And, you know, and she was talking about that, you know, how there's like a database, you know, you can actually try to find, um, you know, what happened uh, like to your family. But she's, yeah, she talked about how she actually had family in the Holocaust. And she's the only one that I could think of that I knew back in North Carolina and in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, it's not like. Yeah, it wasn't you know, a huge Senate, Jewish community there. Yeah, uh, I met more in the military uh, yeah. than anywhere else. I met more in college, yeah. And, you know, it was always like, all right, cool. You know, and uh, I supervised people who were Jewish. And, you know, um, but we didn't talk about a lot about things like that, that they had, you know, the issues they had growing up with people doing that to them. Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't necessarily something I was going to bring up. Hey, did you ever get picked on for that? You know, right? But some people might not want to talk about that, you know. Um, and it just wasn't something they brought up, you know. So, uh, but I mean, it's not. It's also not that I didn't meet people who were who would make 
slurs against Jewish people. Right. And sometimes I want to ask them, okay, how many Jewish people do you know? Mm-hmm. And I, it almost guaranteed the answer would be zero. Yep. yep. And so for him to, you know, say, and um, the slur that they were calling him. Yeah. You know, that's um, I, on the surface, you wouldn't think it sounds bad, but when you get down to it, oh, yeah, it's a bad. That's why I don't yeah. even want to repeat I don't even want to repeat it. Yeah, me either. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, so that were there. I mean, him saying that he thought they were his friends because he said he was one of uh, two Jewish guys on the football team. Mm hmm. And, you know, he's all, oh, yeah, they're my friends. The next thing you know, they're throwing rolls of quarters at him. Yeah. So after that, he was bound and determined he was going to not just stay on the team. He was going to thrive. Mm -hmm. And apparently he did. And he went yeah. to college, you know, and, um, and obviously, obviously he's become a, just a world, ca world-class caliber championship professional wrestler. Mm -hmm. You know, if people want to call it a legitimate sport, or not, it doesn't matter. The athletic skill you have to have to be, yeah, and the promo skills and everything else, you know. So, uh, and that's why when Punk came out, you know, and you notice he didn't come out to his music. I mean, he mm -hmm. just walked out. Yeah. You know, if they would have cranked his music up, I actually would probably would have been mad. Yeah. You know, but he just walked it, out. It, it, yeah, it would have taken away from the promo. Yeah. But yeah, him just walking out and just looking at him and asking him, it's like, is this real? It was like gave a lot more weight to it than it would have if you know cult of, cult of personality started blaring over the pa and then he comes out yeah and mjf he's never hidden his faith he's never mm -mm. you know because his no. scarves um i know at least one of them has had stars of david on it and i want to say it has stars of david and menorahs he's had uh he had the whole outfit on one time on dynamite that yeah. had those on it you know and he never tried to hide it i mean why mm -hmm. should he yeah, exactly. Because uh, um, I don't know. Did you ever read Goldberg's uh, book? I think he only had one book. No, I never did. Um, he actually talked about that. He said that he actually met some wrestlers who just did not want to. Um, they did not want to admit they were Jewish. And he said, I, you know, he said, I don't have an issue with it. Of course, Goldberg is also jacked to the gills. I don't think there's yeah. a lot of people who are going to say much to him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, and that's when he actually named, you know, uh, the Malinkos. I say D Malinko, but really mm -hmm. it's the whole Malinko family. Uh, and he said, you know, um, Diamond Dallas Page is actually Page Falkenberg. Mm -hmm. And he said, and Barry Horowitz is, well, Barry Horowitz. And, yeah. you know, and, and Barry Horowitz, you know, he had to start David on the, the back of his trunks. And he, um, now he I did. don't know. Yeah. And his theme music, his entrance music when he came in, I don't know what I think about that. The Hava Navi La Hava. Yeah. Like, well, if he chose it, that's on him. Yeah. You know, um, that's like, well, I mean, hopefully he chose it because if they picked it for him, it's like, come on now. Yeah. I mean, since he had the Star David on his trunks, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, maybe he did choose it. You know, he's yeah. kind of making that just even more of his character. Um, but. But if anybody's, you know, especially not that it makes it any better. If you're being prejudiced against, against somebody for something like that, for really anything, don't. Yeah. Don't, be don't better do. than that. Come on. Yeah. You know, at this day and age, I mean, that's what we've talked about before. You know, when we're still having to, we're the first ones to do this. So we're still yeah. doing that. And 
we shouldn't, especially when a lot of organizations um, became officially integrated way back in the day. Yeah. So how are we still, yeah. you know, I mean, I will say the Air Force, I mean, I got to brag a little bit. The Air Force were the first ones to integrate uh, and they were a brand new service at the time. So the Air Force started in 1947. Mm-hmm. And so, and they were integrated pretty much more ago because they're like, all right, this is stupid. Nobody's separated. Come on. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because believe me, when, when I've been deployed, um, if something were to kick off, I'm not going to give two craps who the person is beside me. Right. You know, who's going to be helping me and I'm going to be helping them. Yeah. I mean, as long as they've got your back, that's all that matters. Exactly. I mean, and that's what we were fighting for was, yes, we're defending something bigger than us, but at that moment we're defending each other. Mm-hmm. That's what yep. matters. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, I'll go ahead and get off my, my <laughs> for a day, uh, because really with some events that have happened in the past 24 hours around the world, I don't even want to get into that this is kind of our escape from all that, mm-hmm. you know, and this is where we hope that anybody else who's listening can also use us to kind of say, okay, I'm going to get away from the news. Yeah. I don't want to pay attention to what's going on there. Cause believe me, you know, my daughter's freaking out right now because of that, because for some reason she thinks something's going to happen on the base. It's right by where she at. I had mm. to explain to her the base you're at does not have nukes. Well, how do you know? Right. I was stationed there. How do you know they have put something there? I'm like, you can't just sneak a nuke onto a base. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I said, trust me, they don't have them there because she's listening to other people. Say, oh my God, everybody's going to be attacked. I'm like, would you stop? Yeah. Quit and, listening to other people because they're misinformed. Yeah. We told her, I was like, well, where else are you reading it? On Twitter? Get off of Twitter. But what if somebody says something good? Get off of Twitter. Just mm-hmm. go, go put the Twitter down. Go, go put it down. Go like put else. the phone down. You put just... the phone down. Yeah. Just, you don't, don't, don't get on your computer and look it up. Just go do something else. And this is, our escape and we've said before this is why we don't discuss religion we don't discuss politics because mm-hmm. this is our escape yep. and this is about as close as what we'll ever become and we, we yeah we kind of scrape a little bit on the subject but we make sure we don't go too yeah, far into full it. tilt yep yep because you know this is our i mean we have our beliefs we have our faiths obviously and you know there is a time and a place and we don't want to start arguments on the show yeah absolutely Yep. And that's why we have grown as much as what we have, because we got some pretty big things coming up, mm-hmm. you know, and I, so, yeah, we've kind of, you know, fought tooth and nail and worked and worked and worked and, you know, some mm-hmm. uh, a few days a week and then we were sick and couldn't do them, but then we kind of made it for that. And then we've had people actually request us that they we come on our show and that's yeah. always a good feeling and, yeah. you know, getting positive feedback from everybody. So but yeah, we got some good things coming up and there's also some good things coming up this weekend in Covington. They're having the NWF rumble. Uh, some of the wrestlers have been announced. who are going to be in it. I know the last one I saw uh, that I saw personally actually was Andrew Reed. He's going to be in it. Um, and I think they're, I think I also saw they're going to have the unified title is going to be put on the line. James Cross defending against Pompano Joe. That ought to be a good match. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to meet uh, Justin and Trey. Yeah. And yeah. Cor- and Courtney cannot leave out Courtney. You know, hopefully they'll all be there again. Um, 
had to bribe my son because normally he doesn't like going down to Covington. I say, I'll get you Chick-fil-A on the way there. And he's like, okay, I'm there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I say Chick-fil-A. He's like, yes. So. <laughs> but on March 12th, uh, I just posted this on the Facebook. They're going to have an event in Chillicothe and there's going to be a big long list of names. Like I said, Virgil's going to be one of the people who are going to be there. Um, you know, and obviously we're kind of joking about him being the biggest name, but <laughs> you know, Kevin Nash is going to be there. Buff Bagwell is going to yep. be there. Uh, Scott Steiner is going to be there. Uh, but one of the, when I was going through the list, one of the names I looked at one of the matches, I'm like, this is big mama. Send our message. Hey, is that you? Or is that somebody else pretending to be you? She's like, Nope, it's me. <laughs> awesome. Like, all right. So uh, there'll be some, somebody there. I know <laughs> um, Justin is actually looking at it. He might try to go, even though uh, mm-hmm. it's an hour and a half drive for me mm-hmm. and, you know, or just under that. It's like yeah. an hour, 23 minutes uh, for him. I mean, it'd be closer to two hours. Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, that that's like right about the limit I'll do because it's not the drive there. It's the drive back. Right. And yeah, it's driving back. So late. That's the, that's yeah, the thing. When I'm like, uh, you know, yeah. and, Especially um, like you've gone to a show and that adrenaline's going because you're having a good time and then you start driving home and it's like, yep, all the, all that's wore off and it's like, oh, so tired. Oh, yeah. Uh, but as always, I got to give those guys a shout out. Because, Absolutely. Uh, I've actually missed their last two shows like today and yesterday mm-hmm. uh, just because, you know, got work, got meetings and things like yep. that just happened to hit at the same time. So unfortunately, I've had to miss, you know, today and yesterday. Uh, if they're doing tomorrow, we'll have to see because I don't have anything scheduled. That doesn't mean something won't get scheduled. Yeah. Because we got some, we got some stuff coming up kind of similar to what we had back in the fall. Mm-hmm. It won't be as intense, but it won't be, you know, laid back either. Yeah. Uh, so we're prepping up for that. Um, but still got to give, give those guys a shout out because if you haven't gone to check them out, go do it because they work extremely hard to put out a great yes, show. They really do. Yeah. And I've always, I'm going to start calling Trey fearless Trey because it does not, <laughs> it does not bug him the least to reach out to somebody. Hey, can you be on our show? And, and so, and you can tell, I mean, they, and they're not just wrestling either. I mean, they're, they, they try to cup us all sports. And so right. they've had, yeah. Um, including, I thought that, I thought it was, first I thought it was kind of strange. I didn't think she had an affiliation with sports. And I was like, well, duh, she, she's on the Pam and Tommy or Tommy and Pam show. That's what is it on Netflix right now? Uh, Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's actually on that. She plays one of Pamela Anderson's friends, like, okay. like, like Heather or something like that. I'm like, well, she, what she has to do with sports. She's a Raiderette oh okay yeah so i was like ah duh <laughs> they had a raider red on their show i'm like how did you who's also i'm like how did you swing that yeah <laughs> you know so uh that means you know we've had to step up our game too yeah. because like yeah. you know what you know um and it's not obviously it's not a competition but like they're doing it because they're just they're reaching right. out well know? it's like you know they inspire us to do stuff we inspire exactly. them to do stuff and it's that's you know like you said it's not a competition that's just a good thing to do it's like if you we can, work yeah you know, we work together exactly um the if you're watching the video for this you'll see the intro to the show that was actually something that justin created for us mm-hmm. 
you know, just because I didn't ask him to. Yeah. He just said, Hey, I want you to check this out. Tell me what you think. And I was like, well, Joellen's last name is actually Davis, not David. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, that's really cool. I mean, and I, you know, so we're kind of in debt to them because yeah. I mean, they've just been hooking us up they've, left and right. Yeah. They've helped us out a lot. Yeah. So any, anything we can do to try to help them, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely want to do it. And another uh, podcast who I just came across here recently because um started following each other on Twitter and I almost feel like he had the Twitter set up even before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've listened to the podcast. I like it. And he's right about our age and he's out of North Carolina. So his accent is like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, so we, we can understand, you know, his accent, but on Twitter, he's at hillbilly Hill, and his podcast is named the Hill truth. And right now, um, it's only just him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, I mean, that to me, I'm automatically, I'm like, hey, that's yeah. not easy to do. Yeah. Because you have no reaction. Right. You know, so, but Joel and I, I mean, we, we bounce off each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like but, when, uh, it's like when Joey Styles did commentary in ECW and it was just him. Yeah. In the original ECW, Joey Styles did the commentary by himself until like, toward the end of their run like late 99 don Callis came on board but after but before that it was joey styles yeah you know and think about like um oh the guy he was in um memphis um you were talking about the key um no (coughs) okay it wasn't a sneeze thank you (laughs) um (laughs) i cannot think of his name i had it right there and then it just escaped me but uh, but he was like the long time Lance Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lance Russell. It was just him for the most mm-hmm. part. Every once in a while I have like a guest, but yeah, but I mean it was mostly just him. Yeah. And but so yeah, that's not easy to do, Mm-mm. especially when you're just recording. Yeah. <laughs> man, okay, I have man, I mean, did you get me sick or something? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so yeah, definitely go check him out, the heel truth. Uh, he's only got a couple episodes so far, but I know he's going to be coming out with more. And from what we can tell on Twitter, I mean, I actually messaged him and said, hey, we gave you a shout out. And he mm-hmm. came back and he was very grateful for that. I just want to let him know, hey, we're talking about you. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and don't worry, we're not saying anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you could tell he's a, a, he's a big wrestling fan and not just a mark. I mean, he also analyzes it like we do. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, um, that's one of the things, I mean, we are definitely glad if anybody listening out there checking our podcast, but yeah, check out some of the other ones too, because there are quite a few and we're starting to collaborate with some because it, it just, it helps us all grow together. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's so, what we're all trying to do is just, you know, yeah. grow our platform. So yeah, grow us. And I like to say, you know, the rising tides affects all ships and that's what we're trying to do is help mm-hmm. the tide rise. So, but uh, I don't have anything else, and it's about time for me to get my happy butt to bed. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't have anything else either. I think we covered everything for tonight. Yeah. So, uh, unless all of a sudden we get hit with somebody saying, "Hey, can you interview us?" <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, between now and Monday. Yeah. I will definitely would definitely be seeing each other again on Monday. All right. All right, dude. God bless. All right. God bless. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.